Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Hello and welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. You're in for a good treat today because not only do we have real live football to talk about, but you're not just stuck with me, Matt Connor, or Sterling Holmes. Sterling, you there? Yeah, I'm right here, baby. <laughs> uh, today, I'm. Uh, we're actually really excited to be joined by Lyle Graverson. Lyle is the senior contributor at Arrowhead Addict. Been there for a long time, right, Lyle? Yeah, I believe in November it will officially be ten years, which, in like vulgar terms, is like it makes me a dinosaur. I think, but uh, but yeah, I've been doing this for a little <laughs> while. Was the internet even around when that? When you started taking over, were you like on the, like you're chiseling into tablets over there? You're, you're chiseling away. Okay. It wasn't tablets, but I really wish I had a screenshot of what Arrowhead Addict looked like at that time, (laughs) because it is so much more professional now. Like it's, I really, I really do wish because now you go to a blog like Arrowhead Addict, it looks just as good as like the major sports websites. Like the quality is like on the same level. But 10 years ago, it was definitely a fan blog. Like it looked like old school fan <laughs> blog. And that's not a knock on, on, the, on the best brothers that started that and Patrick Allen, who was running it at the time. Like it's just things have, uh, have definitely progressed a lot over the years uh, during my tenure at Arrowhead Addict. 10 years in, in, in the internet age, that feels like a special anniversary. Like we owe you a diamond or something to, uh, <laughs> to celebrate. Right. I, I'm, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what this is here. Maybe a Super Bowl replica ring is what we owe yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Lyle, before we dive in, I'd love to hear, like, why don't you tell, not only do you write for Arrowhead Addict and have great content every Monday morning as, as you're, you're sort of the resident columnist on Mondays, but uh, like, like what else comprises life for you? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love writing for Arrowhead Addict. It's like my, my, my thing. That's just kind of like my thing, my release. I am a public school band teacher by day. So it is a very, um, a very exciting, adventurous, noisy, fun career. Um, but it's nice sometimes to go home and decompress and that's the chiefs are definitely my outlet there. And then I, I have a family, I've got a wonderful wife and two kids um, my son is on dog detail right now so that hopefully you don't hear a bunch of yapping in the background. Um, so yeah, so my life is pretty much band teacher by day, family man by night, and then chiefs everything that I can fit in any of the gaps in between those things. I know we have a ton of chief stuff to get to, so I want to get to all that, make sure we have time. But before that, Matt, I know you mowed your lawn today. And I mowed some today, but it wasn't my lawn. It was, well, I can't say it, but the new Manscaped (laughs) 
4.0 is out. Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code FANSIDED20. 20% off. Free shipping again. Manscaped.com. FANSIDED20. Dudes, this is... It's awesome. I had them send me one because I can't... I'm not going to try and promote something I don't know anything about. So best believe me, I tried this. There's a spotlight on it. Have you ever had a spotlight on... Do scissors have a spotlight? No, they do not. The lawnmower 4.0 does. It's the weed whacker. Matt, did you weed whack your lawn today? I didn't. I just got done mowing and I'm still real sweaty, but... But I think it does 7,000 RPMs, right? I got I got sweaty as well, weed whacking and mowing my lawn and not outside. Uh, again, manscaped.com, fansided 20, 20% off, free shipping. There you go, boys. Lyle, back to you. W- what kind of entrance is that? That is impressive. <laughs> that is, like, I have truly right never been set up in that manner. And uh, I, I'm impressed. That was That was well done. So, Lyle, talking about the Chiefs, uh, I do want to say you just wrote a phenomenal article on ArrowheadAddict.com. You know how I know it was really good? Not one single mean comment. Not a single one. (laughs) Everyone was very, very, they all loved you. They all said, nice, nice article. Great article as usual, Lyle. So, first off, I think that's the most impressive part. But first things first, you talked about Mike Hughes. You said you were a huge fan of his coming out of college. What was your big takeaway, your big surprise from Mike Hughes? So uh, of everybody on this list, he was a guy that I went in expecting or hoping maybe would be the better word to be um, impressed by his play. I just wasn't ready for the return specialist aspect of it. I mean, when I was at camp, I put in the piece that I was in it really impressed with his foot, feet, footwork during the uh, defensive back drills. Um, and I think he was in the line of return guys. Like if you've ever been to training camp, they run like a, a, a big long line of guys through just catching punts and doing some stuff. And he was one of the guys, but I never really thought about it because I thought with his injury issues, they're not going to put him back there on a regular basis to return kicks because they're probably going to try and protect him. But man, they they he was first man up. They didn't use Hardman there at all, This at least for this preseason game. And not only was he first man up, I thought he looked great because I'm actually not that wild on Hardman as a return man. He's, his explosive speed is great, but just sometimes the decisions he makes and he, he's bobbled a few in his day, he, he makes me nervous. And and what I and I mean, it's one game. He could he could go out next week and not look as good. But at least what we saw in this first game, I'm all in on Mike Hughes as our return specialist this year because I thought he looked really good. And uh, and just very decisive, just made his decision quick, went, and and I thought he looked great. I don't know what you guys thought. Do we think that this is a trust issue with McCole Hardman, or are we just looking at a guy who uh, maybe just looks better as a returner, or, or at least another option, and the Chiefs are checking him out uh, in, a, in, a, in a more detailed way than just giving him a one-off? Um, are, are, are we, are we leading, are we reading into things here with, with Hardman or, or should we avoid that here? I, I personally would say you could put a positive spin on it by saying, well, since they want Hardman to be more involved in the offense, we'll take the return stuff off the table so we can focus on being a bigger part of the offense. 
But like I said, I for every explosive play he made as a return man, there was one where I was like, what are you doing? Like, like I'm panicking and like, you know, getting ready to throw the throw the pillow at the TV or something <laughs> like that. Um, so I'm if if they think there's somebody that can be just as good or better than Hardman and, and Hardman can focus on just playing wide receiver and trying to be more effective there. I'm all for that. And I don't care if they spin that as a positive thing for Hardman working with the offense or a positive thing. And they think Hughes is the better man for the job. Either way, I'm at least down for trying it. Just really quickly to be 100% trans, that's not even a word, 100% transparent. I'm a fan of putting no one back there or just fair catching every single punt return because the offense is so explosive. I don't want any chance of a fumble. So if Mike Hughes can secure the football, if he does not fumble, that's fine with me. I want to go with whoever is the most secure with the football. That's my main choice for punt returner. Mm. Let's not forget, too, that Tyreek was also freed of special teams duties as the Chiefs were really sort of asking him or even making demands of him to elevate his play and his, like, to be a more well rounded receiver. So, you know, of course, like, there's not room for Hardman to become that well rounded and play that same role. You know, like, I mean, he is like a Tyreek. So, there's not room for another Tyreek, but in a way, if he could elevate his game, work on better separation off the line, work on route running, etc. If this is what allows him to do so, then then maybe that's that. Maybe we're seeing another, um, you know, leap in a Tyreek kind of way, even though it's not going to be that Z receiver, right? Ben, I definitely agree with that, and and. Right. Hardman has had enough troubles with his routes and some things sometimes that I think he might not be a bad guy where if you could maybe focus him on one thing that 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 might be a good idea. But again, I tend to be a little harder on Hardman than some fans that are super excited about him. So that that could just be my my view on it. Another guy you talk about is Blake Bell, and I want to get into this because we all have heard about Jody Fortson, right? We all have heard about what he has done with his transformation to tight end, but Blake Bell, like you said, first guy to take the field when Kelsey and the first string offense came off. Blake Bell, still the best blocker of the bunch. I don't know if Kansas City is going to keep four tight ends, any chance that Blake Bell throws on a uh, a QB number, throw him back there as a wildcat <laughs> quarterback, and the Chiefs decide to keep three, uh, you know, three quarterbacks, let him handle because he was a quarterback in college for what two years. Um, maybe no fullback this year with Sherman retiring. You, you can get kind of creative with their with the numbers crunch. Is Blake Bell having the potential to be a not a Taysom Hill, but along that same kind of do it all type of guy. So I, I personally don't see it going that route and uh, confession. I kind of cheated on this second one because for me, it actually wasn't a surprise that Blake Bell was the number two tight end, but I felt like most fans were probably surprised. And so this was more of me going, I told you so um, for better or worse there, <laughs> but you've heard so much hype about Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. And I love those guys. I'm excited about their offensive upside. I hope they both make the roster. I hope Andy Reid finds a way to utilize them on a weekly basis. 
But my whole point that I make in, in this week's piece is blocking matters. Like blocking for a second tight end might be the most important part of the job. And of all the tight ends not named Travis Kelsey on the roster, Blake Bell is hands down the best blocker. And so he's going to get reps as the number two tight end. I know he can't do what Fortson and Gray can do in terms of catching the ball, but when they needed to pick up that first down, um, it was a third down and they, they ran Clyde and he just barely picked it up. Blake Bell was one of the key blockers that allowed him to get that. And so I just think fans need to be ready for Blake Bell, the blocking tight end, being a regular contributor. And that's, that's fine. It's good to have that guy on your roster. I'm old enough to remember Jason Dunn being like this, like, stud blocking tight end <laughs> during the Dick Vermeil era. And like people loved him for that. And so I think people need to embrace Blake Bell the same way. And then whatever bonus we get from Gray or Fortson in like special packages where there's two receiving tight ends on the field, that's great. But you need a guy like Bell out there to do the dirty work that I don't think Fortson and Gray are ready to do, at least not on the same level as Bell. Man, for me, this whole thing comes down to it's a lesson or a reminder that looking good early in training camp when there's t-shirt and shorts, when it's seven on sevens, um, or even when the pads come on early, is just a different thing than playing a real game where job opportunities are on the line, other guys are motivated, and, and the hits are real. And that's not to say that that Noah Gray's a disappointment. It just means that for all the praise that someone can generate for the for the buzz that begins at training camp, it's hard for someone to sustain that buzz through the actual preseason games played. And most rookies end up looking like rookies, even if they're promising rookies. So, you know, that's not a knock on Noah Gray, but we've even just seen, you know, we like like we this is the third preseason for Joe Fortson or Jody Fortson or whatever he's going by these days. Like, so, so we've, we've seen promise in him before. And yet year after year, we're also seeing how he's also putting it all together and maybe forcing a tough decision. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if maybe we knock a wide receiver off the depth chart in the end to keep four tight ends. If Fortson and or gray could kind of play more of a receiver role and, and these things become more hybrid to maybe go back to what Sterling was asking in terms of how the roster construction may happen. But yeah, Lyle, I think you have a great point here about the importance of Bell. And I think it also tells us like, you know, what training camp hype can look like when you give it enough time to settle in. Right. Because when in training camp, half the time, they're not even hitting. So of course the guys that are good at running routes and catching the ball are going to be way more flashy than Blake Bell because Blake Bell in most practices isn't getting to do the thing that he's really good at because they're not, you know, going full contact that much in practice. They're just running routes and and throwing balls and 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 that's not where Bell's strength in the tight end group is. So so I just think I just think it's a natural thing and it's fine and fans need to not freak out if Gray or Fortson are out there for every two tight end set. That's a great point, Lyle. That's a great point. Uh, we're running through Lyle's six biggest surprises from training camp. 
We've got plenty more on the way to talk about from the Chiefs' preseason win over the 49ers, but we'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. My name is Matt Connor, your normal host. Of course, we have a special guest, Lyle Graverson, in talking about the biggest surprises from the Chiefs' preseason opener, a 19-17 win over the 49ers. Let's look in the backfield. Lyle, you want to introduce your third surprise for us? Yeah, I I feel like I owe uh, Jarek McKinnon an apology, man. I thought he was just kind of like a depth piece <laughs> that that was going to maybe compete yes, with do. Darwin. <laughs> yes, it was just going to compete with Darwin Thompson for that third running back spot, man. And he looked fantastic. And I and I thought he looked good the day I was at training camp too. And and I've been excited to see if he could maybe be a contributor, but he looked like a guy that would be fun to put on the field with Patrick Mahomes and the first string offense for, for a handful of snaps every game. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying like Clyde should be worried for his job or anything, but man, he didn't look like just a depth piece. He looked like a guy that could be part of a rotation and be more involved. And uh, that did surprise me. And again, I, I know he's bounced around a couple teams and has had a few highlights here and there. But uh, he he definitely was one of the positive surprises for me in this first preseason game. Well, I've been banging my chest saying McKinnon is here. He is making the roster. I, I'm pretty sure Matt Connor knows about me. Um, my love for Jarek McKinnon. He's been so good, but injuries have always been the issue with him. Having other running backs on this team, obviously Clyde's the number one. But getting a handful of snaps, really allowing him to shine, but taking potentially some of that injury concern off him, I think Jerry McKinnon is going to be phenomenal, uh, especially on third downs. I think he's so good catching the football. Uh, I'm I'm extremely excited to see what Jerry McKinnon can do in an Andy Reid-led offense with Patrick Mahomes. This, to me, is exciting. Mm. I, I I love it, but... I, one, I'm a little, I'm a little leery, and I, maybe the fans are a little leery overall of getting excited about another running back addition because, like you know, we sign, uh, sign Le'Veon Bell, nothing really happens. You sign Lashawn McCoy, nothing really happens, um, and then you know, here's another late twenties coming off some injury veteran. Um, and I think maybe that's where Lyle's talking about where we have the surprise because he looked great. And and uh, if you've never watched McKinnon up close, I think people will be surprised by how he's actually a very willing and good run blocker. He's an elusive runner. Um, and then, of course, that goes with the good hands out of the backfield. I just think he's more well-rounded than we think, which gives the Chiefs a little bit more security um, at the position in case of injury, um, you know, or some attrition with the, with the regular season being 17 games. Now you just can't have enough depth at, at any position. And McKinnon is certainly a, a great low cost addition that that's impressing. I think all of us at this point. Yeah. I, I fully admit I was a big Darwin Thompson fan coming out of college. He was on some of my like draft crush lists. And when they drafted him, I was super excited, but you know, after just one preseason game, my stance is now firmly shifted to, yeah, oh yeah, McKinnon's making the team. And if Darwin's making it, it's as a fourth running back special teams guy. I, I just don't see 
him as having any chance to to surpass McKinnon after at least again we're probably overreacting to one game, but based on what I saw in that one game, yeah, I think I think McKinnon's a lock, and I hope he does get some reps with the first team. Lyle, take us into the wide receivers. You have some really interesting, like you think there's a real path here for Doris Fountain to not only maybe have a good chance to make the roster, but you were like saying that maybe even more than that. Yeah, well, and again, I don't want to overreact to one preseason game because he could come out next week and drop two sure. passes and, and it, we could go, okay, that was apparently just a, a one-week thing. But my my whole point I was trying to get at is it's not like there's an impossible mountain to climb to get playing time at wide receiver for the Chiefs because while I do think they want to get Hardman more involved, I really think he's more fit for like that third receiver slot role and that outside second receiver, whether it's Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, maybe Cornell Powell comes around. All those guys are capable of playing that spot, but it's not like the Chiefs are heavily invested in any of one of those guys. So if a guy like Darius Fountain just continues to like play great, which I thought he did on Saturday night, it's not like they're like, well, we can't take snaps away from Demarcus Robinson. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't think that that outside receiver spot has anybody that's got like a a major claim to it that is just untouchable. So if a guy like Fountain continues to play great, and I'm not predicting that he will, but if he does, if all three preseason games he produces like that, why not give him a shot out there? I mean, I'm I'm a Byron Pringle fan. I'd like to see um, Pringle get more of those snaps than Demarcus Robinson. But I'm not so sold on Pringle that if Fountain is playing great, I, I'd give him a shot out there at that kind of X spot. I think he's got the size to do it. He had good hands. He made some contested grabs. I I was really impressed. And, and since Kansas City wasn't able to sign anybody to kind of come in and compete for that spot, if you've got a guy in-house that's showing some promise, man, I'm, I'm willing to at least give him a look. Because like I said, I just don't see anybody that's currently playing in that role that's untouchable. Lyle drinking from the fountain. I, I do want to say, <laughs> Cornell Powell. I know that was too cheesy. It was too easy. It was like Maurice French, all those those French jokes, like wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, I do want to say, Cornell Powell is not impressed. He, he, no one's talking about him. Fifth round draft pick. I Marcus Kemp. Everyone knows how great he is in special teams. Dave Tobe loves him. Is there any chance? With, with the addition of Fountain and Kemp, that Cornell Powell might not make the roster. I, I don't think that's impossible. I think that, I think if there's a situation where they could try and sneak him onto the practice squad, I don't know if he'd make it there, so they may try and protect him. I actually think it might be more likely, and, and maybe this is a hot take, but I think it's maybe more likely, like let's say Fountain looks great and Pringle looks great, and they go, we've got enough in-house that maybe there's a surprise cut like a Demarcus Robinson or or maybe Robinson plays great and the surprise cut is Pringle or somebody like that. I Again, I just don't think those guys are untouchable. They're the guys that are getting snaps right now because we don't have a better option. And I hope they step up. Like I said, I'm a Pringle fan. I hope maybe he does it. But if they don't and they've got young guys, if they want to protect Powell, if they want Kemp there for special teams, if a guy like Fountain is outplaying some of those guys that are getting first string reps now, 
I don't, I mean, those, they don't have any sort of long-term financial commitment to those guys. So maybe you see a surprise cut there. I don't know. Favorite Pringle. What is it? Oh, I'm kind of boring. I, I'm give me barbecue. I I'm that's not the most exciting answer, but that's probably my favorite. The pizza one slapped as a kid. I used to love the pizza <laughs> Pringles. What what about you, Matt? Matt, salt, what do you got? Salt and vinegar, man. Salt the and vinegar. Love like them. I I I love the salt and vinegar vinegar kettle chips. When you get the kettle cooked ones, yep. fantastic. But salt and vinegar Pringles that seems like going to a fancy restaurant and then ordering a hot dog. What's I don't wrong know. With that? What's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know. I get. Fine, I'll shut up, Matt. Yeah, we'll go to the next part. I I ruined this. Dude, uh, <laughs> you and your elite food takes. Get out of here. They're not elite. I'm just saying. If if I want Pringles, I want I want pizza. I want the the wild flavors that I can't get from other chip companies. I I can't believe there's a Pringles like a hierarchy of of Pringles. Like the- <laughs> well, there, there's gotta be like salt and vinegar. I can get anywhere. Barbecue. I'm sorry, Lyle. I can get barbecue chips anywhere. Where else am I getting pizza Pringles? Uh-uh. That just Where sounds I- disgusting. I'm sorry. What about cheddar? Where am I getting my cheddar Pringles at? I'm getting them from Pringles. I'm not getting them from, from late. Well, I think Lay's does make them now, but the point still stands. Okay. Give me the wild Pringles fla- flavors. I don't think this point ever stood. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you're uh, Pringles aside. Let's talk linebacker, not named Neiman, not named gay, not named Bolton or Hitchens. You're excited by Omari Cobb. Yeah, man. And again, this was, this was a genuine surprise. Like if you had made me make a list of the top 20 guys I thought might kind of pop out and stick out and make a good impression in this game, Amari Cobb would not have made the top 20 coming in. Like he was just not on my radar at all. And I thought, I thought he looked really good. I mean, he had the, the, the sack obviously, but then he, he just was seemed to be around the ball and, and flying around out there. And I was just impressed. And, and I've been a defender of Neiman in that, I think he's a good guy to have on the team because I think he's a good depth player and special teams guy. It's not his fault that the Chiefs have not had the linebacker depth to just keep him in that role and have had to play him all the time. But, I mean, Cobb's a guy that if he if he could break into the snaps that Neiman's getting and have Neiman truly be more of a reserve and special teams player, I think that would be great. And And let's be honest, it's not like they've got a lot of pass rush juice from the linebacker core in, in recent years. Usually when Spags has dialed up effective blitzes, it's been the defensive backs that have gotten through, um, you know, outside of obviously your front four guys. But when he's talking, when you're talking about sending extra guys and getting through to the quarterback, that hasn't been the linebackers a lot in recent years. And if Cobb is a guy that could come in in certain packages and add some pass rush from the linebacker spot, Man, sign me up. I'm in. Is it time for me to make a Cobb salad shirt? Is it <laughs> is it time? The Chiefs really do have a plethora of names that are very easy to make horrendous jokes with. That's true. They're, they're just teeing you up. They're just time and again. They're they're laying it up there for you. <laughs> what what do you think of the linebackers? Do you think there's room for Omari Cobb Sterling? I think there's room. That that means less playing time for Neiman. That's not a horrendous thing. Um, 
you, you know, Ben Neiman has been the scapegoat for a lot of the Chiefs linebacker issues for a while now. Uh, he's fine on special teams, and I almost take it as a positive is if he's playing less, that means someone beat him out because the coaching staff obviously enjoys giving him playing time. Uh, same thing when we talked about it earlier in the year. If Lucas Niang beat out Mike Rimmers, that means Lucas Niang is doing a good, uh, a good job. Obviously, with the injury to Mike Rimmers, that may not be the case anymore. But that means Cobb or someone else had to step up and take playing time away from Neiman. So to me, I think that's a, a a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree there. And and I think, I think Lyle brings up a good point about pass rush ability from the linebacker spot. If Cobb gives him that, uh, you know, Neiman doesn't have that, but, but I, I, you know, Neiman is a, a higher floor than I think a lot of us um, give him credit for. And, and he's certainly a great story as an undrafted free agent. So, a former undrafted free agent. So, yeah, I want to give some credit there. Uh, Lyle, let's land this plane. You had six surprises. Your sixth is actually my favorite because I love this kid. Tell me, uh, why don't you introduce him for our our listeners? Yeah, I have been, if you've been reading my stuff all offseason, I have been pounding the table for pass rush help. I'm like, we do not have enough outside pass rush. Will you please go get some more? Um, and, and I'm, I'm fine with them playing Chris Jones out there, but you saw on clear passing downs, they were sliding Chris Jones back inside. So you're still going to need some guys on the outside that can get pass rush. And man, if Tim Ward wasn't the best outside pass rusher in that game on Saturday, and I'm including Frank Clark in that conversation. Um, I don't know what game you were watching because I thought he was clearly the best, um, on the field. And, you know, I kind of just wasn't letting myself go there with him this offseason. He had the sack in the San Diego game when they rested a bunch of the starters at the end of the year. Um, and so, but you're kind of going, okay, the guy got a sack and looked okay, but it's it's one week. I don't know that you can you can count on that. But then to come out in the first preseason game and look fantastic and get two sacks, um, and it's very similar to me to what I said about um, the wide receiver core where it's like, it's not like you've got to beat out some unbeatable guys to get playing time there. I mean, I hope Taco Charlton is effective this year. Um, you know, I hope, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the guy that they re-signed that used like to be with Okafor. Yes, thank you, Okafor. I hope Okafor can stay healthy for once and play well. But those are the kinds of guys that Ward needs to beat out for playing time. And I don't think that's a big ask at this point. I mean, if those guys are clearly better than him, great. They play. If he's clearly better than they are, they don't have any long-term investment in those guys, similar to what I said about the wide receivers. So man, I am now cheering for Tim Ward to be good so hard because since they didn't go out and (laughs) sign any big pass rush help, man, if he could be even just like an average edge pass rusher at the NFL level, sign me up. We need those guys Go Tim Ward. So you're saying Tim needs to ward off Okafor <laughs> and Joshua Kando? Well done. That is exactly what I'm saying. Ward up. <laughs> okay, cameo. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry. Look, I'll you guys s- ever hear the corn remake to Word Up by Cameo? What a time to be alive, my man. <laughs> I haven't heard, got- I have not heard that, but I can imagine how bad slash good that is 
quickly, you know what I thought about the other day? I just remembered. Remember when dubstep was a legitimate thing? Like, remember when music was like all like, wah, 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 you know, like with Skrillex and stuff? He was on the cover, like the Rolling Stones and all this stuff. And I, I look back and it feels like something you read about in the 1700s. Like, remember the Baroque period and you had like Sebastian Bach and then you had Skrillex and then you had... It just blows my mind that that was an actual thing that happened a decade ago. I I don't know how you're talking about it in past tense. I'm still there, dude. I'm still there. <laughs> it's, it's just like my Arrowhead Addict writing career. You just won't go away. It just what, won't. It just what won't. lasted long? What's going to last longer, dubstep or Lyle's writing career for Arrowhead Addict? Lyle. I'm rooting for Lyle in a big, big way there. <laughs> well, I am too. Yeah. I don't know. You're gonna have to fire show, me. I don't I don't think you're ever gonna get rid of me. I'll be here forever. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Lyle, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show, man. Love uh love hearing the the uh the surprises. We agree with you in many ways. Uh certainly a lot to watch for in the preseason games to come. Lyle, people can follow you on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, at Lyle Graverson, and it's S-E-N on the end. Stupid Scandinavian ties. Everybody always spells it wrong. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sterling, any parting words? Oh, I don't know. Football's back, baby. Football's <laughs> back. Go yes. to manscaped.com, fansided20. Uh, mow your lawn both outside and indoors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's faithful to that. <laughs> uh, my name is Matt Connor uh, at Matt Connor, AA Sterling Holmes at Homestretch KC. Again, we so appreciate Lyle Graverson coming on the show at Lyle Graverson, S E N check him out and his writing on Arrowhead addict. Of course, we always appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Please uh, feel free to leave us a review and questions. We'll answer there. Um, as we see them. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.